Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trick-or-treat action fanatics, it's the Halloween edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz with you. And Chad, I got to ask you right off the top, any uh, big Halloween plans over at the uh, Cruz household this year? No. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a couple kids running around here. So Halloween time is is a time to, uh, to, to get the kids dressed up, you know, throw some outfits on them that are probably going to be too, you know, like cold to wear because every Halloween, it seems like it's 22 degrees outside. Right. Um, and then, you know, do the trick or treat thing and pass out candy and hope that they don't get scared to death by some psychopathic teenager walking down the street with a Michael Myers mask on. Well, that's, that's the most you could hope for really. And hopefully it may be 25 degrees this year. Uh, Yeah. And with the new Halloween movie, there's probably going to be like dozens of psychopathic teenagers walking down the street. Michael Myers. Yeah. 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 Uh, And speaking of Halloween, that's my tradition. Uh, I would like, I watch Halloween three season every Halloween, Uh, Um, a a movie that was for years, I was told to avoid at all. Yes. Uh, but then finally just watched it uh, based on some other, you know, I had some uh, counterpoints to the, other, right. and uh, you know, I love it. And I have the brand new 4k ultra HD uh, that arrived last week. So I'm, it's still sealed. I'm going to open it up and uh, go all silver shamrocky on a uh, Halloween night. And you know what? I've never actually watched that one. And, and I think it's because of what, like what you said is, you know, I, when I was a kid, you were told to stay away from it because it wasn't a, you know, a traditional Michael Myers Halloween movie. It didn't have movie. Michael Myers in it. But you yeah. know what? I'm going to tell you what. After watching Halloween Kills, I'm glad it doesn't have Michael Myers in it. Really? I think, uh, you know, I think they've uh, squeezed as much Michael Myers as they can. Some very the- mixed reactions from this new one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Mostly yeah, negative. I, it just, to me, I, I don't understand what the point of it was. It, yeah. It didn't really accomplish anything or... Uh, move the story along in any different way it was just basically a showcase for michael myers to kill people which i mean again it was there had its entertaining moments but which you know that that works for that might work for like a a jason Voorhees film Mm -hmm. um you know where he just gets to go to a new environment and kill new people well, and I think that's the thing in this, uh, you know, Michael Myers was just in Haddonfield. There was no new environment. It was the right. same, same old, same old. So do you think that if they had placed Halloween kills in, I don't know, space, 
Yeah. I, I think I would have a much different feeling about the movie than I, I'm than sure I did. you would. And I did. And of course you're mentioning this because the topic of conversation on this episode, our Halloween episode, the one episode each year where we kind of deviate from the direct action path and kind of take that dark spooky path. We're talking Jason X. Uh, Ooh, yeah. But before we get into that, I did want to mention, uh, you know, last time we did say that RTG, the real tech games would be joining us. He is under the weather. And after several reschedules, he's still under the weather. Okay. So unfortunately he will not be here, but it's not all bad news in the RTG land because RTG's quote is actually being used on, uh, the cop shop propaganda that's out there. Now that right. cop shop is, uh, available on digital. I believe it's coming out to actual physical media. Uh, I believe in the beginning of December, uh, before the holidays for sure. So if you're a physical media collector and you're a big fan of Gerard Butler, you'll want to pick up cop shop, but yeah, RTG being quoted out there. That was very cool to see. I'm, I'm glad it was him and not you again. Oh, I know that would really put a burr in your saddle. <laughs> you just keep getting those checks, you know, and just keep getting the marks on the on the old belt. So, uh, but yeah, that was cool to see, and and I haven't actually watched that movie yet, so uh, I'm looking forward to picking up a copy of that myself. Yeah, and RTG also going to have uh, upcoming here uh, next week, as a matter of fact, when this drops, Hell Hath, or actually later this week, Hell Hath No Fury, uh, directed by Jesse V. Johnson, who is of course a action aficionado yes and we'll also have a one shot with scott atkins and ryan philippe or philippe as i is is i think it's really pronounced but i know some I people it pronounce is. it philippe and it really i've been saying philippe philip yeah that one for philippe. a long time yeah right. philippe so yeah we got some uh more big reviews coming up on the site of course that is bulletproofaction.com and we always encourage you to check that out each and every day. There's something new and it's not always. And if you're not into the new stuff, that's great too, because you know, we pull stuff out from the archives. Matt yeah, Spector we, will pull something out that you didn't even know ever existed. Matt Spector is the king of finding the movie that you've never heard of. But once you read the title and you accidentally click on the little link, you will be surprised by how good it looks. Mm-hmm. He really is. And, or you know, sounds. Sounds. Yeah, in your brain as you read it. As you read it, yeah, you read it like there's noise, right? Sound right. You, you hear. I read it out loud. You probably do. I only read out loud. I can't read it myself. Well, that's good. Good to know. A <laughs> nice quirk that you have. Thanks for sharing with us. All right. Well, now we're about to share with all of our listeners our thoughts. As we said at the top, Jason X. This one was released on April 26, 2002, after several delays. And Chad, this one I remember being one of those first movies where they said it getting leaked on the internet caused the box office to go in the toilet. I think this was the first time I ever heard about that. No, right. Since then, obviously, you hear that all the time and how right. you know the piracy is really killing uh, these genre films, like the action genre and the horror genre, but... I remember this being the first time that really became a, an issue. Yeah. And that's a, I mean, it, like you said, it's a common thing to say now, whether it's, you know, it rings true or not, I'm not sure. But, but back then I, I can't imagine that, you know, there was hundreds of thousands or millions of downloads of this movie, but I don't remember it ever releasing online early. Um, I mean, you're 20 or what, 25 years older than me. So you may remember <laughs> it. 
I was still, I was still just a a teenager at this point. (laughs) So, um, but I can imagine, uh, you know, like you said, a genre movie like this, the, the, the horror, uh, genre has such rabid fans yeah. like that, that fan base, if they have, if they have the ability to get a movie early, I think they, they would. And, uh, they probably downloaded the shit out of it. I just didn't know about it. So this one, uh, starts off at crystal Lake, but not the camp crystal Lake, but the crystal Lake research facility. And yeah. Jason Voorhees is under lock and key awaiting cryogenic suspension. Uh, you know, this one really, you know, growing up watching these movies, I think that was one of the, I remember me and my cousin, like talking about how you could stop Like you needed to get military involved. Right. Jason versus a bunch of stupid, horny teenagers. Well, no crap. Who's going to win that, but you get the military involved. You can, you can probably, I, I think there was one scenario. We wanted him just cut up in a bunch of pieces. And then those pieces scattered throughout the globe like that would work I, we really were putting some deep thought into how to finally stop jason because he obviously keeps coming back we're, we're at the 10th movie here right um, but uh yeah so i like the part where you know the military and the government stepped in here because this guy is is a unstoppable regenerating killing machine right and and the idea that the military would step in it, you know it makes some sense uh the idea that they would be uh conniving and trying to use his abilities for their own personal gain. That makes even more sense to me. Right. Uh, yeah. As so instead of the killing Jason uh, situation that they were going to do, they're going to freeze him and then study him and uh, you know, learn about his regenerative abilities and all this. So it's like, okay, yeah, that makes more, you know, plenty well, of yeah, sense. No, that, that's, that's like the debate at the beginning. Yeah. We have our one doctor, Dr. Rowan, who she wants to uh, cryogenically freeze him because they can't kill him. They've tried to hang right. him, electrocute him, gas chamber. They've tried everything. He just keeps coming back. Right. But they're like, if we freeze him, maybe that'll buy us some time so we can figure out what the hell to do with this thing. But then we have the opposing view of Dr. Wimmer, who they won't know. They're like, no, he's too important to freeze. <laughs> we want to figure out how does he regenerate? Because obviously that could be useful science for obviously i think in this case they're going to try to use it for military purposes yeah your soldiers will never die but i mean in the health world i mean if you you could regenerate somebody that'd be pretty important oh 100 i mean who knows what kind of things that you could uh you could cure if you had the ability whatever he's got going on you know the, the, the amount of films they've done with with this character you know is it like uh, is it some sort of uh, voodoo witchcraft, like a magic? Is it something with the lake? Is it? Uh, I remember like lightning struck the tombstone or some shit one time and it came well, back yeah, to life. He had, he had the uh, was it piece, was it a piece of the fence that was jammed yeah, into, it, was jammed into, into him, it, and then the lightning struck just at the right time. Yeah, he had the electrical uh, the the power line right under the, in the water that shocked him. And then there was Jason Goes to Hell, where who who knows what was going on in that film. <laughs> right. And, and yeah, and in eight, the sewage turned him back into a kid. So I don't know what yes. that was all about either. But, you and know. He punched a guy's head off. Oh, I love you know, I, I have a soft spot for Jason Takes Manhattan. That and, one actually brought me back into the franchise because just, you know, just digressing from what we're talking about here. Yeah. Part five, where it wasn't really him, right. it was an imposter. That pissed me off. 
Yeah. I did not care for that. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I am done with these movies, which was a shame because damn, if part six ain't one of the best ones. Yeah. It's funny because, uh, the series that if any series that goes on as long as this has, it tends to do that, you know, like it loses you at some point and then you kind of go away from it for, for one or two films. And then all of a sudden you come back to it and you're like, why did I ever leave? And then you rewatch part five. You're like, Oh God, that's why. And you know, now that I watch part five, it's not as bad. It's not as bad. Yeah. You know, I think I was just, you know, four, like when four came out and it was the final chapter. I remember even as a kid being like, is it really going to be the final chapter? I, I was even already like, somewhat uh, cynical uh, even as well, a youngster uh but then when five came out i'm like you know you should have just left well enough alone and let that right. be the final chapter and i believe that with this 10th uh iteration of the series they had already had plans in place to do the jason versus freddy yeah um as we saw at the end of jason nine i don't know if that came from that but uh jason the next jason film that was going to be put out was going to be jason versus freddy so they wanted to do something that wasn't in the continuity. So they, oh shit, let's go to the future. Let's put them in space, something totally different. And it kind of goes off on its own storyline that has nothing to do with, you know, the next film that we see Jason in, which would be Jason versus Freddy. Right. Which is another great one that we could have easily covered here on, yes. our, on our Halloween. Because, I mean, that one definitely feels like an action movie. All right, so... Again, we have the opposing doctors here. Um, you know, Dr. Rowan, I think she realizes that, yeah, these regenerative abilities would be something worth studying, but it's just too dangerous. I mean, he has done way. I mean, we've had yeah. nine movies worth of damage. Right. Um, well, eight with him because his mom, right? That's true. Well, really seven because five, he wasn't there. But, and, so eight, and even eight and even nine, it was like really not him. It was just like people. Okay, so we're down to six. But So still, he's, he's really not that bad of a guy is what we're saying. No, I didn't say that now. <laughs> I didn't say that now. I, I, you know, his kill count is still probably – It's pretty uh, good. It's still big there. I don't know if it's bigger than Paul Kersey, but uh, – <laughs> so, I mean, Death Wish 3, he, he really raked up some numbers there. Yeah, he did. Um. But yeah, so she's like, it's too dangerous. And and she's not wrong because the guard who's watching Jason is sick of looking at him. So he puts this, this blanket or something over top of him. But when they come to go get him, they, the blanket's taken off. And it's not Jason under there. It's the guard that we saw put the blanket on. Jason's yeah. on the loose. Jason is on the freaking loose <laughs> in his base. And uh, man, oh man, we're in some trouble. But uh, old Dr. Rowan, she's a, she's a badass chat. She is. I mean, uh, she's a veteran actress of of some science fiction stuff herself. I think she was on uh, uh, these shows that I can't remember the name of right now. It was it Andromeda or some shit? And I don't know some other stuff. <laughs> I don't know what her name is, Lexa something. But uh, she has done plenty of sci fi in her past, and I, I think she might have handled a rifle or two at some point. So uh, when when it comes time to throw down with Jason, dude, she's not scared at all. She was definitely on. Uh, or in Andromeda. She's now actually in the new Chucky series. Oh, uh, there you go. If you're, if you're a, a Chucky fan, you may recognize her from there. And um, she, she was on Arrow as well, right? I believe she, she was on Arrow. She was on Let's say Arrow. yes. She was a uh, Talia Al Ghul. Perfect. In Arrow, from what I'm seeing here. So she, uh, yeah, she's definitely a badass. She, uh, with a little help from a shotgun, gets Jason in that cryogenic chamber. 
Uh, but Jason, he's pretty good with that machete. And he gets in one last blow and he cuts right through the chamber door into her. So now that cryogenic freezing. What is it? Gas? Uh, liquid nitrogen? Liquid maybe? nitrogen? Yeah. I I guess T2. I have no idea. Well, that stuff is oozing out, which actually helps her because it freezes her and him. Yeah. And now we get uh, the movie jumps. You know, movies sometimes will jump. This one really jumps. We're talking centuries later. Yeah. We now yeah. see Professor Lowe and some students. And I, I appreciate the fact that they jumped uh, pretty far into the future because, you know, some of the tech that they have is silly, but it would be even sillier if they're like, it's the year 2062, you know? You watch a movie that was made in 1989 and they're like, in the year 2000, yeah. robots have taken over the world. And you're like, come on, dude. Like, you could have went out another 50 years at least. Like, Right. I mean, like, I, like Escape from New York is like 1997. <laughs> yeah. They shot for 16 years. Right. So um, so I appreciate the fact that they went for uh, centuries with this one. And because some of the tech, I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. None of us are going to be alive when it comes out anyways. But uh, – but when they finally come down into the chamber, they, they do notice that not only is uh, Dr. Rowan's body perfectly preserved, but Jason's body is also super frozen and dead. Right. Seemingly dead. Right. And, uh, and they're going to try to regenerate the doctor, uh, but they're going to have to do it ASAP. So right. they get I don't blame the them for regenerating her, you know. I'm sure you don't. No, I bet I you'd like to regenerate her right now. Yeah, sure would. Here we go. What All are right. we talking about? I don't remember, but I'm going to say this about the movie, and probably the, the biggest fault I have with this film. It's character overload. They they jam a lot of characters in this movie. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about some of the highlights. We've got Azriel, who's kind of the klutz comic relief. He yeah, loses I his arm. Him. You you know, you know who he reminded me of? And this will be a reference that nobody, well, very few in our audience will get. You know who he reminded me of? Sid Fabulous. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree. He does. Yeah. Uh, I hope he's out there listening right now. If he is, it's in his bunker. Sid, uh, and it's how are in, you? In between his conspiracy theories or whatever, he's anti-government propaganda oh he's spreading, probably. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this character, it, it seemed like they really went with all the different stereotypes. Um, they, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll talk about it later at some point, but this movie, you know, it, it does the aliens gimmick. It tries it. And so it takes like all these. Yeah, it, it like jams an aliens gimmick in with these. I mean, you still want that teenage, that youngster yes. quota, I guess, with this this professor and his students. But they also have all these the, the soldiers. So it's a lot of characters for a movie like this. They basically take an entire franchise of characters and shove them into one. Right. Uh, they're like, we have all the Marines and then we have a robot. And then we have these young teens who just want to have sex. And it's like, what? Right. Why are all these people in the same ship? Right. So Azrael, he loses his arm Good. because he's an idiot and frozen Jason with the machete falls down and chops his so even cryogenically frozen jason could do damage um but fortunately we're in a world where nanobots can just reattach the arm 
Yeah, why not? Um, we also are living in a world where we have androids, uh, and we have KM14, played by Lisa Ryder. Uh, her creator is a uh, Sooneron. Uh, and yeah, he's uh, they they have an interesting relationship as this movie progresses. Yeah, he's kind of a perv. Well, yeah, I mean, he created her, and a little kind of weird science moment there. Yeah, uh, and then we get Sergeant uh, Brodsky or Brodsky. Brodsky, yeah. Brodsky, Peter Mensa from the 300 great. Spartacus. He just recently was in Snake Eyes. Yeah, and he much maligned Snake Eyes. Yeah, he he feels out of place here to me. Uh, okay. Because he feels awesome. <laughs> you know, when you watch him, you're like, okay, this character is really cool. And I hope he gets a good, I, I hope he gets his moment. Cause you know, he's going to die at some point because he's the leader of this group of Marines. Um, but you just kind of hope that he gets his moment to go toe to toe. But yeah, he, he felt out of place to me because everyone else on the entire ship seemed useless. Yeah. Except for Peter Mensa. So. Yeah, and, and then eventually Dr. Rowan once she's uh, yeah. regenerated. So the 500-year-old woman and then Peter Minson. <laughs> uh, we also get Adrian, the uh, blonde research assistant of uh, Professor Lowe. She seemed nice. Yeah, she was uh, she, she was interesting. I liked her. Um, and she gets two of those students that are from uh, Dr. Lowe, and they're assigned to perform the autopsy on Jason while the others are going to regenerate Dr. Rowan. Um, and that regeneration is successful. Um, so here she is, Dr. Rowan now alive in 2455. That's more than 400 years, uh, since she was stabbed by Jason in the cryo chamber. Uh, so yeah, a real, uh, eye-opening experience for the good doctor check. Right. And normally you would get, uh, several minutes or so to experience this fish out of water. What's happening. I'm on a spaceship. Oh my God, we're in space. I've been brought back to life. What happened to me? But there's so much shit going on in this movie. You really don't have time for any of that. She just kind of instantly falls into the same role that she had 500 years ago. Well, you know, and, and that's to her credit, I think. She yeah, had good a, for her. She had a mission, and she is going to see that mission through, even if it takes 425 years. Um, Professor Lowe is very excited because this is, like, probably the oldest person they've regenerated. But... Uh, when he calls, I don't know who he's really, I can't remember who he's talking to, but that guy's like, who gives a shit? Basically, he's like, but you know what you ha- who you have on board with you? The notorious Jason Voorhees. And now it's kind of almost a, a King Kong moment. Right. Where it's like, oh, I could, you know, we could take him to the universe fair or something and just put him on display. I don't know what's going on in, in, in 2455, but he could be exploited basically for profit. And Professor Lowe, a man who obviously wants research money and wants to uh, maybe get some more S&M stuff, he is very interested in exploiting Jason Voorhees. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's obviously uh, behind on some debts. Um, He's also most likely taking advantage of his position on the ship with all these young women who really don't seem to do anything other than, uh, I don't know, sex around and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but he's taking advantage of that with his, you know, the, the whole nipple scene. I'm not really sure what was going on there or why they had to put that in there, but, but uh, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't miss the opportunity to, to, to make a quick buck or, or at least he thinks it's going to be an easy buck. And it, it turns out to be uh, the biggest mistake of his life. 
Yeah, uh, as I alluded to, Lo- Professor Lowe's into some S and M with Janessa, who yeah definitely was one of the most useless of characters. She um, was kind of funny a couple times. Okay, uh, I'll, uh, I guess I don't know. It feels like I watched this movie two weeks ago. Uh probably because I did. Uh, but anyway, KM or Android wants nipples. That's right. right. That's what you heard me say, people. KM the Android <laughs> wants nipples, um, but uh, sooner on, it's it's they're just not sticking. Um, I don't know. So this was written by Todd Farmer, yes, who did, who did like Drive Angry and a bunch of other stuff. I could, it makes sense because he he's always like in all his movies, he's in this movie, um, and he's always kind of weirds me out like he always wants a scene where he's naked and stuff yeah well like he's he's totally naked and and drive angry and like dude why would it's unnecessary you know abuse of power lord I guess knows so. what, no lord knows what you'd be doing if you were in charge of a movie oh you don't even want to know i know i don't um so <laughs> so the nipple thing isn't we're going to work for uh Karen, uh but that's all right We'll move on from there. We so can regenerate it, a 500 year old person, but we can't, but they make can't put nipples, nipples on, okay, a, got on it. a thing or you can't put laser beams on a freaking shark's head. Um, <laughs> so, so Adrian's lab partners, uh, Kinza and Stoney, they're basically, they're so horny. <laughs> you just got to get it. They just need it and they need it bad. <laughs> they need it bad and they need it now. So Adrian's like, you know what? You guys go do your thing. I'll take care of Jason. Yeah, I'll take own. care of this mass murderer real quick. Right. So while she's having that conversation, old Jason's thawing out by the moment. Yeah. Uh, this guy is he's, he's, he's getting bro. ready. He's hot blooded. I, I think he looked up, caught a quick oh, yeah. know, glance of her outfit and was like, Oof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then this is where it comes. And this what's about to happen. Uh I'm it's not only do I think it's one of the best kill, the best kill in this movie. It has got to be up there in all of Friday, the 13th history. Yeah. One of the greatest kills of Jason Voorhees, Chad. This is a, a monumental scene for me. It is. And it's, it's probably the one that, uh, a good portion of the scenes that we're talking about right now, and maybe even a couple of the characters were written just for this idea. Like he probably had an idea. Okay. At some point, uh, she'll be working with her back to Jason and he will come up behind her and he will dunk her head into some liquid nitrogen, thereby freezing her entire head. And then he will smash it on a table. And then like, that was his idea. And then he had to kind of go right, work, work backwards from there. Like, All right. Now I need a blonde girl. Of course <laughs> she has to be scantily clad. Uh, how does Jason get into a room with liquid nitrogen? And then he just like, blah, spewed it all out on the page. That's my, that, that's my theory. Uh, you know, I buy it. I would buy that theory. And uh, it's a great scene. Uh, best. One of the best kills again, definitely the best kill in this movie. One of the best kills in Friday, the 13th franchise history. Absolutely. Um, after that, you know, he's, he's, he feels like he's missing something. He doesn't have his machete, Chad. I know. It's a but real he, shame. But he finds this futuristic surgical tool, which is quite similar to his old machete. And well, now he's just going to do Jason things. And that's wandering this ship 
uh, and he finds old horny Stony, and he's the first one down. Yeah, I mean, he never stood a chance with the name Stony. Um, I, I believe he was one of the Marines, correct? No, I think Stony was just. Uh, was one he of just the a students. guy? I think he was just one of the guys. I I thought at some point that that when the Marines finally get together, they're like, "Where's Stony at?" You know, like he never showed it up. Could be. Uh, he was it a Marine matter. who was uh, dabbling in with the student body. That's very possible. I, I believe it. Um, but uh, yeah, he. I mean, he never stood a chance. You, you know, the the whole thing about these films, you know, that at some point some 22 year old idiot's going to go off and try to have sex and they're going to get killed. And this is, this is like the only time in the film where I think they run off trying to get a quickie in and, you know, one for one, Jason, you know, lo and behold, Jason will find you if you're trying to have sex in this movie. Yeah. And well, and I think, you know, obviously being in on a ship where you can communicate with the rest of the, you know, the thing with the, the other movies at the camp, you know, you could have these people in this cabin, these people down by the lake. They don't know. Right. They're they're not in constant communication. There's no way to like get the word out. Like, yeah, shit. There's you know, there's no alarm that you can sound because even if there was, Jason's usually cut the power at that point anyway. So, uh, Professor Lowe is kind of getting a backstory from Rowan about uh, Jason when they are alerted, as I just mentioned, uh, that Jason is now on the loose. And that's when Brodsky and his grunts mobilize. Uh, and we get a little VR game action going, Chad. Yeah, Azrael and Dallas are playing some video game. It's, you know, they're in like a, a virtual reality room and they're, you know, they're like playing Doom or whatever. Uh, and Jason appears and they're like, oh, man, what happened to the game? You know, this isn't part of the game. And Jason's just like murdering them. <laughs> Uh, he first. I think he kills their video game versions first. Yes, and then then they cancel. They're like, "Hey, I turned the game off. What's going on here?" And then he murders them for reals. Yeah, double the fun, right? There. And Dallas was Todd Farmer. There you go. Yeah, the the writer, the yeah. mastermind, the naked man from Drive Angry. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't have his pants fall off or something there. <laughs> well, maybe he did, and it just got cut. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, so. So yeah, virtual reality, they really were, that was, you know, this came at, at a time where they were, you know, still kind of pushing it and it's now finally seeming to, to catch on, but is it, def- well, more so than it had in the okay. past, I would think people have those stupid games and whatnot, wear those things on their head. Uh, so yeah, we got the space Marines, they're on the hunt, uh, and they think they have them. And this is where these these spaces like they just kind of all are together. Yeah. Here we go. We're gonna get them, and then no, they don't get them. He gets no. them, including apparently it seems like Brodsky's out. Yeah, he kind of goes down like a bitch. Uh, you know, leave it to the Marines to be overconfident. Um, oh boy, here we go. That's right. I said it. Um, but the, yeah, they they. <laughs> You know that they're not going to do well, right? Nobody does well against Jason, especially when you split up and the teams of two or just like single person running out there. And and Jason gets a couple of, of decent kills here, but he shouldn't know the layout of the space station better than everyone on the space station. Right. You know what I mean? I <laughs> Maybe he's just 
like he stopped and it was like a blueprint and he just like memorized it. Like, okay, yeah. I got this. I, I don't think so. You don't think so? Like I get, yeah. I mean, he was the king of Camp Crystal Lake. He, he knew there. it. Yeah, Back of his hand. Right. But random space station, 500 years in the future. Mm. No, he should have yeah. been really confused. But yeah, the, the, the big takeaway here is that space Marines get their asses handed to him and Brodsky uh, is left in shambles. Yeah. And, and you know, just kind of thinking about uh, this, this movie could have been a lot shorter. Yes. If uh, Jason was just wandering around and like found a door and he didn't, because he's, he's a, he don't know where he's on the spaceship. No, he doesn't have, he has no clue. He found a door and just got sucked out into space. And that was the end of it. (laughs) That would be good. Uh, Then like maybe every, but obviously he can't close it. So everybody just gets sucked out of space and this movie's over within like 10 minutes. That would be like a robot chicken episode or something, right? Yeah, probably so. Maybe that's where, maybe it has already happened. And I just uh, (laughs) saw it and now I'm, I'm, I'm pawning it off as my own. Uh, We've got Lou, the pilot. He gets it next. Just as they are approaching the space station Solaris, um, and uh, they crash, end up crashing right through the space station. Yeah, so uh, that was a that was unexpected. I think in this film, it was, and the fact that the space station just like explodes, but their ship is fine. Yeah, that was. Uh, they must have hit some uh, very delicate areas of that space station. It's like an Oldsmobile, and just runs through a bunch of Volkswagen bugs or whatever. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, they they're like, oh, well, oh, that's how we missed it. We'll circle back. We'll get in there, and yeah, uh, there's no circling back. And and the other thing, like the explosion didn't like propel them like into. You would think that that blast, right? Maybe, like would send them off. Well, there's no, there wouldn't be an explosion in space, right? Oh, I don't know, uh, dude. We got to stop this podcast. Yeah, this movie can is not realistic. You're, 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 you're <laughs> making me think way too much about uh, Jason X. Uh, the fire so, tetrahedron, man. Tetrahedron, man. Oh, Come on. Okay. Uh, so Jason's reunited with his machete. He has a little uh, con- conversation, if you will, not really a confrontation yeah. with Professor Lowe. And, you know, Lowe's like, oh, you, this is what you're looking for? Yeah. He just- <laughs> He, he just, just wanted wants, his machete back. He, he just wanted his machete back. And uh, he w- also wanted Professor Lowe to have the machete, if you yes. know what I mean. Professor Lowe's dead. Uh, yeah, he's super dead. So now the remaining people on this spaceship going nowhere fast <laughs> realize they need to get the hell off of this thing. That's a great song, by the way. Nowhere fast. All right. Streets of fire. I remember yeah. What we we recently covered that right here on the Bulletproof Podcast. We did. I believe that was episode I don't know forty nine or forty eight or what are we on fifty two? I don't know. These things they're just running together now. <laughs> they're just. Running it seems together. like it's been you and me for a while. So it, yeah, it has. I'm sure everyone's loving that too. I bet. I bet too. Um, so they need. There's a shuttle. Apparently, there's a smaller ship on this ship that could okay. shuttle them the hell off of it. That makes sense. You know, uh, uh, an actual pods. ship would have like a lifeboat, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we, we and they we, drove one of those fuckers down to the earth, right? Exactly. That's or drove they, it. They flew it. They didn't drive it. That's <laughs> they drove stupid. It. They sailed it. Uh, 
Somebody sail away. Um, so Crutch, we met Crutch the engineer. I think we met him earlier, but let's talk about him now. Yeah. Because apparently there was apparently a Microsoft conflict somewhere in those 400 years. That's great. I loved it. Between between when we, yeah. So he's a veteran of the Microsoft conflict. Um, he confirms, oh yeah, we could do the shuttle escape. I can, I can control things from over here. Yeah, it's totally doable. But they need to still get there. So uh, this is when Rowan really gets into badass mode again. Yeah. And she picks up one of those big space marine guns and uh, she's ready to, to do some damage. Yeah. I mean, if the dozen space marines that all died instantly couldn't do any jam, you know, couldn't do much to Jason, she can definitely take him down. <laughs> but I mean, she's done it before. Okay. I'll give it to Rowan. She's awesome. She's easily the, well, the yeah, coolest and, character in the whole movie. And, and she does have a little bit more of a, a personal, like this is personal. For she's her. got like a, this, this time it's personal. Right. So, you know, and it's almost as like, see if these motherfuckers would have just listened to me to be right. With, we wouldn't be in this situation, but, or at least I wouldn't be, cause I would have just been fine. Yeah. And I would never be here right now. And so she's, she might also have a little anger working with her. Uh, right. Can drive just, you. And she just woke up, you know, when you, when women just wake up and they're all angry. <laughs> there you go. Three female listeners. Who now <laughs> tuned out. Sorry. It's all right. Uh, I, 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 I think three was being generous. That was. Yeah. So, uh, meanwhile, as I said, sooner on and KM have an interesting relationship. Now they're making out. They're just nice. somewhere making out because yep. I mean, why else would you build a hot Android if you couldn't uh, make out with her every once in a while? Well, didn't he build her? Didn't he make the, the Android from like a sex bot or something? Or was someone said that? I don't know if it was. Maybe it was a fembot from Dr. Evil. I think so. If I want to so. make another Dr. Evil reference. In with, this the, with the titty cannons or whatever. Oh, yeah. Titty cannons. That's why she didn't have any nipples. That makes sense. Right. Because he didn't want her shooting up things. Well, not yet anyway. Right. Not uh, yet. But yeah, we've got some good news, though, Chad. Other than okay. sooner on and KM are having a little fun. A little when all this action. chaos is going on. Uh, good news. Brodsky is alive. So he didn't just go down like nothing. Thank the space Jesus. And more good news because apparently maybe they were making out as a celebration because KM gets this big upgrade oh, and yeah. she's now like the freaking Terminator and yeah. she shows up and does what nobody else has been able to do in any Jason movie. She just with ease just destroys Jason. Yeah. It's a wild scene. Um, Cause it, uh, uh, at a couple of different t- points, you think that, okay, this, you know, it reminds me of, you know, uh, Jason in Manhattan when the guy's punching him on the rooftop and he gets tired and then gets his head knocked off into a garbage can. That's what poor, it reminded me poor of. Poor Julius. Poor Julius. Well, I assume that was going to happen to KM. You know, she is an android and her head could come off pretty easily. Right, which we see later. Yes. Um, I assume that she was going to whoop his ass for a minute and then he, you know, he hawks up, he Jason's up and then just chops her head off or something, you know, but no, uh, no she beats the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. He's done. He's over with. And she has all these guns. Why, why didn't they work earlier? Uh, Did anyone try to shoot him earlier? <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. They, that those space Marines were horrible. 
Alien, their tactics were not good. Aliens would would the aliens crew would just laugh at these people. The Starship Troopers crew. Oh yeah. Would just the, the Rico's Roughnecks would beat the shit out of these people for even pretending to be some sort of military unit. Agreed. Um, and you can listen to our Starship Troopers episode as well in the archives. We did uh, that. We sure as hell did. Oh, okay, I'm just kidding. I remember that. Okay, good. Good, because I, I started questioning it for a second. Uh, <laughs> but okay, so again, just as always, it, you know, it's a roller coaster ride in these movies. Yeah. We, we think we've got Jason taken care of, but now we find out the freaking the whole of the ship has been compromised, and now time is not on. So now they, they got rid of Jason, but now they got to get off of this freaking ship. Um, and, and, and a new plan has to be formed. And while they're worrying about that, those damn nanobots. You God live by the nanobot, it. you're going to die by the nanobot. Yep. I've, I've always thought that the, the real villain in this movie are the nanobots. Well, you'd be right. Because they... <laughs> First thing, they, they saved that one douchebag earlier, too. And yeah, Sid Faber has got his arm back <laughs> because, because of those nanobots. And now they... Uh, they get what's left of Jason and now he gets a freaking upgrade oh, and yeah. we get uh, super futuristic Jason Voorhees with his, uh, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of when Cobra commander had that all silver body armor. Yeah. The Chrome dome thing going on. And yeah, he's got like all the pieces of his body that were still intact or just molded together with this, some sort of space metal titanium steel. Blue blamium space, Ooh. dude. You got to make up a word. Blue blamium. Okay. So yeah, he's on upgrade. He wants a rematch with KM naturally. Yeah. Um, and and this is where KM just ends up being a head for a while. Yeah. So we got the head, and what's left of the crew, and uh, they finally, uh, you know, they they've got an evac team coming in, and then they're gonna do a little ship to ship transfer. Uh, but, uh, you know, we got Jason again, we got to worry about because he's, he's just, he can't be stopped. No. And you got to feel bad for this evac team, right? They're, they're rolling in there trying to help. And I'm sure they have no idea what's happening. Uh, imagine just pulling up and docking into their ship and you're like, Hey, what's going on? And all of a sudden Jason chops you in half. Yeah. Cause at no point do they say, uh, by the way, uh, we've got a freaking serial killer on board yeah. with us like we should we just need to blow up the ship you know nuke the planet from orbit it's the only yeah. way to be sure yeah just kill us all right um, we, we have to go down with it you know what's also funny uh uh not to get off track but i love it please uh, do uh our buddy Sunaron, uh he scooped up that head right away oh yeah you know he wasn't leaving that behind uh because he still has use for that yeah he could still make out with it or <laughs> Put it somewhere if he needed to, <laughs> I suppose. Right? Oh, yeah. It'll work. I don't know what kind of reservoir system it has. Or, or if he would just... Flip it over. Finish outside. I don't I don't know. No, I think you just turn it upside down. <laughs> I guess so. You spray uh, it with a hose. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, survivor roll call. Rowan Brodsky, Sooneron, the head, uh, 
They're they're all to the exit doors, but now the exit doors to get to the little walkway over to the other ship, they're not going to open. No, and you know what? There's a there's there's a few missed opportunities in this movie for good for good jokes, and I kind of wish KM had made a joke about like, well, at least I don't have to be self conscious about my nipples anymore. Yeah, that'd be a great one, Chad. Yeah, you really could, had you, no could, body. you could you could punch up a script like nobody's business. <laughs> you, I'm you calling Todd. A, you should be applying. I'm calling script, Todd Farmer for a script doctor position in Hollywood. Maybe, uh, maybe Todd Farmer and I are like, like, yeah, missing, because, like I've always want to talk about yeah, my go on. desires. Yeah, your desire <laughs> be naked on film, and he obviously is doing the same thing, right? So, so that's what, yeah, you're just hating on him because he get yeah. you have to do what you want to do. Yeah, I'm jealous. That that that. That checks out. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Brodsky goes outside. He's going to do a spacewalk. Hell yeah. And he's going to go outside. Moonwalk. Oh uh, well, yeah, moonwalk. There you go. Um, <laughs> so meanwhile, they got to buy him some time. So we get a little old school for a moment because they use that VR technology and create a virtual reality Camp yeah. Crystal Lake, including virtual reality topless girls. Okay. Uh, who are enjoying themselves in the night air until of course they're zipped up into their sleeping bags and used to bludgeon one another. Uh, I know. And I think we mistakenly talked about the uh, liquid nitrogen kill as the best kill. I, this might be better. Uh, you know, and we it's see not I a think real he, kill. He does the, he uses that sleeping bag gimmick in that remake too, I believe. Oh so yeah. But they stole it from this. Yeah. They stole it from this, but uh, yeah. I, they, that came back so yeah that was a good one you're probably right that that the nitrogen kill still probably tops but that this was uh this is a good scene it's a clever scene it's a good you know call back to the vr thing and uh it does work momentarily but it doesn't buy him that much time because uh you know jason may be uh challenged yeah but he's not so challenged where this would keep him from killing the, the few remaining people. So Brodsky eventually he, he sacrifices himself. So the others again to, to go and uh, Brodsky and Jason basically just crash in a lake on earth too. And it uh, just, uh, just, this is never going to end. It's just going to continue yeah. on. Obviously I don't think Brodsky would survive falling from space into a lake. Uh, on a planet below, Peter but Mesa, I bet, bro. I bet, uh, I bet Jason can, I bet Jason, especially that super titanium or blue tanium, blue blamium, uh, blue blamium. I'm sorry. Blame me for that. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I bet he survives and we just have a whole new, yeah. new set of Jason movies on earth too. Right. Uh, and which, you know, the- which I'm surprised have not been explored yet. You know, like on like a series on shutter or something. Right. And it, it, it is a fun uh, way to end the movie because, like you said, Peter Mintz is outside and he, Brodsky's doing his thing, trying to take Jason out. And then uh, Jason is just uh, floating in space, but yet he's still coming for them. <laughs> so it's like the, the space version of like, they never die. You're just waiting for him to come back. And then all of a sudden his body's flying towards him and then Brodsky just like Goldberg spears him out of nowhere. Um, and then they, they crash through the, the atmosphere. 
But and I think there's also a, a brief scene where there's like a people who find the mask or some shit at the end, or they yeah. at least see the, they see the thing land in the lake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's definitely. It was a cool little thing to show that okay, it could continue on, but I'm happy they did not continue it on. All right, final thoughts on this film that you have selected for our special Halloween edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. It is very entertaining. It is. Uh, it, it's not one of the best Friday the Thirteenth films, and and I would say like a hardcore traditionalists of of that franchise probably aren't fans of it for what it's done to the character and and uh all the laughs and all the gags that are in it but but i think it's super fun and like i said i always i love like uh whenever people whenever movies use the aliens gimmick and they put the colonial marines against insert villain here so i enjoy that kind of thing and and they do it well here to the point where they're pretty useless but at least peter mintz is awesome and uh I mean, at some point, it was the late 90s, I guess. Leprechaun did the space gimmick. Jason did the space gimmick. So there's like, it was kind of a thing there for a minute. It was like, what do you do next? Shit, you go to space. So this was a fun one. It's like TV shows that would either go to Hawaii or Las Vegas. Uh, Jumping the shark. Yeah, movies would go into space. Um, And, you know, that's all, you know, that's the the constant joke about the Fast and Furious franchise. At some point they're going to have to go into space. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, and again, yeah, I, I got what you're saying. Certainly this is not going to be a traditionalist favorite uh, Jason movie. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I did a top 10 countdown for screen mayhem some time ago. And this one ended up number nine on my list of Jason right. movies. So, yeah, but you know, at the same time, like I was saying earlier, the the movie that brought me back after five chased me away right was eight and the reason eight brought me back was because it was jason takes manhattan and it was a completely new story yeah they changed it up a bit for that so i was like okay so again you have to give them credit especially when we're getting into eight nine ten that you have to change up the story but again i still to this day regret taking years i mean i'm talking decades be seeing six and seven because six especially one of the best uh, of, of the franchise you know and i think that in franchises as they get longer we say like you know they, they got to do something differently and it's either they go to space or they go back in time or something you know like right they like they go back to the wild west like they always end up going back to the wild west for some reason um but because like, old tucson is there to film uh, yeah that's true so and this one chose the space route and that's yeah makes sense better off for it well we hope everyone listening is better off for listening to this episode i don't know if that's the case but uh hopefully they at least enjoyed themselves that's kind of our that's kind of our plan when we come into these things yes if we we have a plan um and uh we uh hope you plan on joining us for future episodes but we also want to remind you about our social media at bulletproof pod on Twitter and at bulletproof action on Facebook and Instagram. And you could always connect with us and give us suggestions, give us ideas, just uh, tell us that we suck. Tell us that we rule, whatever you want to do. Um, actually did get some feedback, Chad. Okay. From another 
I don't know what's been going on lately. It started with Aaron Williams, but now more of our old wrestling colleagues seem to be Ooh. checking out the show. Uh, heard from Oliver Kane. Yeah, good dude. Oliver uh, listened to our Stone Cold episode recently. Beautiful. And wanted to correct us on something. Oh, shit. That's right. Glad you saved this for the end of the episode. Uh, Exactly. Brian Bosworth did not have an iguana. It was a monitor lizard. (laughs) Uh, Touche. That we uh, erroneously identified as an iguana. We've um, lost all credibility. Just like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat had uh, in his battle with Jake the Snake Roberts back in 1986. Shouldn't he have had a mongoose? Why? He was a dragon. Yeah, but Jake the Snake, what do you I fight understand. a snake with? A mongoose, dude. If his name was Ricky Mongoose. Ricky, ooh, they should have named him Ricky the Mongoose. That would be badass. He was Ricky the Dragon, so they had to get something that would closely resemble the dragon. A dragon? They didn't get a dragon for him. They got him a fucking well, lizard. Him, well, that's the closest thing you had. Hey, do you know what the best Friday the 13th movie is? What's that one? The one that hasn't been made yet? Part four, Judy Aronson. Yes. Ju- yes. Uh, yes. Absolutely. That was, yeah. Part four is when I told you about my top 10. That is my number one. Mm, Because of Judy Anderson. Number one is final chapter. Number two was part six. And number three for me is that Jason takes Manhattan. And I know a lot of people would disagree with that, but yeah, that movie sucks. I have a soft spot for, for that one because it brought me back. You know, he only spends like 12 minutes in Manhattan. And it's, Probably actually Canada, so settle down. Um, <laughs> it's Toronto for sure. Yeah, uh, other than the Times Square scene where Jason kicks the boombox, I don't think they're spending too much time in action. Who wins, Jason in New York or Paul Kersey? Well, Paul Kersey. Obviously. Stupid question. Yeah. From a, Well, that's fine. Uh, so, yeah. Again, social media at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter at Bulletproof Action on Facebook and Instagram. Next time, I don't know what we're going to do yet, Chad. Yeah. Which is a rare we'll fig- thing. We'll figure it out. Uh, but uh, for now, I want to say thanks for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.